Welcome to the Ignite Church Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We pray that this message will bring you hope and ignite your faith. Now lean in and enjoy the message. You know, we've been in this series about summer vibes. Last week we kicked off this series. It was a great, great word. If you were not here, I highly encourage you to check it out on all the different platforms out there. Look for Church Ignite Miami, and you could watch the whole series. You could also check it out on our website. We're making a lot of changes to our website to create a better online worship experience for everyone. But um, during our conversation last week, we spoke about content versus context. And we spoke about the fact that we're living in a content hoarder world. We're hoarding content. We want more and more and more content to the fact that we have forgotten or forsaken the context. We don't care so much about the context as long as we have content. And we have to be reminded that context is very important. Because the question is, and the challenge we gave last week is, what are we feeding our spirit with today? What type of context are we feeding our spirit with today? If the context that we are feeding ourselves does not lead us or point us to Jesus and his kingdom, it's garbage. It's plain garbage. Why? Because people's opinions and worldviews and trends will eventually pass and end. But God's word will stand forever. It will stand forever. So that's why we need to feed ourselves with the promises and the word of God. Today, more than ever, we need God's word versus the opinions of others. How many say amen to that? You need God's word more than the opinions of others. I always say that if someone's going to give you advice, always seek godly advice. Because if I'm only going to seek advice of experiences that other people have been through, there's nothing wrong with that. It's very important to learn from other people and learn from their mistakes. But their experiences were their experiences. That's not going to sustain me. What's going to sustain me is the word of God. It's godly advice. So it's very important that we seek the word of God. Today, as we continue this second session of Summer Vibes, I want to share with you a short word. I'm going to try to be short because I, I go, I'm long with, you know, I, I speak a lot. But I'm going to try to share with you a short word that I hope will encourage you but also challenge you, especially in the time and age that we're living today. If you have your Bibles, just go to the book of Nehemiah. Stay there for a minute. We'll read that in a couple of, of minutes. But book of Nehemiah, chapter 6, stay there for a minute. One of my favorite things about summer is the beach. How many say you love the beach? You know, anybody here beach lovers? I love the beach. When I was uh, not married and didn't have kids, you know, no, I'm just kidding. When I, when I didn't have kids, I used to go to the beach at least once a week. Every weekend, I would at least go to the beach. I used to go running by the beach. I loved it. I loved feeling the breeze of the ocean just upon my face or the heat of, you know, and the salt water on your skin running and having that beautiful panorama view of the beach that we have here in Miami and I love it but I didn't always love the beach I was actually afraid of the ocean if you were here last week I shared with you that my family and I used to always go to El Farito remember I shared with you guys that El Farito and by the way El Farito is called Bill Baggs Cape Florida State Park, in case you didn't know, I didn't know it was called that. I've always referred to it as El Farito, right? So we're going to refer to it today as El Farito. And we used to go all the time. I loved it. 
But like last week I shared with you, there was an occurrence that one day I was walking into the water and a little stingray just popped up and just swam in front of me and I freaked out. Why did I freak out? Because I did not know how to swim. You know, if you're from Hispanic descent, right, probably you might feel connected with this. The way that they would teach kids how to swim back then was not that they put them in a school to learn how to swim. They would grab them and throw them in the water, and the kid had to learn how to swim on their own. Now, that freaked me out. My grandfather did that to me once, and I was petrified. Anybody else here had that experience? I was petrified. And because of that, I did not want to get near the water. I would always go to the shore or if it was a pool on the steps of the pool, but I never went in. And because of that, I was afraid of the water. I was afraid of the ocean. I recall a trip that I went with my grandma once um, to Naples. It was the first time I had been to Naples. I was going with my grandma and my cousins, and we were by the pool area of the hotel that had a pool, and I was, of course, by the seat uh, or, or the stairs of the pool, right, and my friend, my, my cousins were in the middle jumping and having fun, and I really, really wanted to jump in. I really wanted to have fun with them instead of staying there and being teased or laughed at, oh, look at Eric. Come in, Eric. Eric doesn't know how to swim, so what I did was I took a leap not a leap of faith, but I will call it a leap of fear faith. Have you ever done that? A leap of fear faith that you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Boom, and you jump in, right? And I remember I moved forward, and the moment I moved forward, I started drowning, and my cousin was right under me, so I kept on pushing her down <gasps> so I could go up and get water, and then I will go down, and she'll push me down, and I'll go <gasps> and get water until my uncle realized that I was drowning and jumped in and saved me. That was one of the worst experiences I've had in my life. If anybody has had a near drowning experience, you know that that is a horrible experience. You're gasping for air. And you're going up and down. And because of that, I feared the water. I feared the ocean. I feared anything that will cause harm to my life. Why do I share this with you today? Well, we're living in times of fear. We're living in times where fear is everywhere we go. We go out, to the, out of our house to the supermarket and we're constantly and full of fear that we might come in contact with someone that is exposed to COVID or has COVID. So we follow our regulations. We wear our masks. We wear our gloves. We put our hand sanitizers even on top of our gloves. We do everything and still we live in fear. We are in fear that some way or another certain things are, will expose us to this virus that we're facing around the world. And I completely understand. The other day, my wife and I, last week, we went, we left my kids with my mom and, and we went to do our groceries because we don't like taking the kids to the store or anything public. So we went to do groceries and we were at a grocery store and I was disgusted. I was disgusted because I felt like I was going to get COVID. Like, that was how much many people were there. They were, like, on top of you. You're, like, you're here, right? There was no social distancing. They were going over you to get stuff and not respecting your space. And I was, like, freaking out. And, and I get it. But what has happened is, in general, in life, I believe that fear has taken a hold of our hearts. And we have lost our faith. Let me say that one more time. Fear has taken a grip of our hearts. And little by little, 
we have lost our faith. Now don't misunderstand, don't misunder, uh, misunderstand me or, or take this wrong. I'm not saying that you should not wear masks. I'm not saying that you should not wear gloves. I'm not saying that you should not be precautious and social distancing. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that fear in general has taken a grip of our heart and little by little we have lost our faith. Throughout this week, one thing that God has been poking my heart, and I would say not only this week, but throughout the past months and year, is the fact that we have gained fear and lost godly fear. We have gained fear and lost godly fear. Now, what's the difference between godly fear and fear? Well, one cripples you while the other one liberates you. One cripples you while the other one liberates you. When you have a God-fearing heart, you can rest assured on God's promises. When your heart is gripped by fear, you become a slave to fear and eventually be paralyzed. We just sang this song called The Blessing. What a beautiful song. I remember when this song came out, it just was around March, just right when COVID started hitting the United States, right, or becoming more known around the world. And I said, man, this song just came out just in time. People need to be reminded of God's promise. God, people need to be reminded of the blessing. In reality, this song is composed of different verses in the Bible. You're basically singing biblical verses. And we'll see in today's message. But listen to this. For those of you that might not know the song, listen to a couple of verses for a minute, uh, lyrics for a minute. It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. What a beautiful song. I could hear the song on repeat all day long. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm working and I put it on my little Alexa and I just let it replay, replay, replay. And in the background while I'm working, a reminder, just let that just flow into my spirit. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord show you favor. Just, just, just let it just sink into my heart. But the more I ponder on these lyrics, I have to step back for a minute and ask myself this question. Do I even deserve this? Do I deserve this blessing? Do I really deserve that the Lord shine his face upon me? Do I really deserve that the Lord be gracious to me or turn his face towards me? And the first thought that came, comes to my mind is that, well, no, I don't deserve it. But God is so good that he wants to bless me. And that is the right thought, right? I don't deserve it, but the Lord wants to bless me. But if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with you, I don't believe that I am living a way that I shall be blessed or should be blessed, better yet said, the way that this song says it. And don't criticize me because if you're honest with yourselves too, you might feel like you are in the same boat. Do you really deserve the blessing of God? We go back to the question about fear. We have allowed ourselves to be crippled by fear and little by little we have lost godly fear. Now, pastor, how dare you say that? 
Well, let's be honest, people. I'm being honest with you, and I hope that you could be honest with yourselves. The church of Christ is more focused on how they can be blessed instead on how they can bless. The church of Christ today is more focused on what the CDC has to say than what Christ, the head of the church, is selling the church today. Let's be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be truthful for a minute. Why? Why? Why, do we, why have we lost godly fear? I had someone tell me the other day, Eric, you know, we believe that God can do all things. He sees all things. But Eric, science is also real and very powerful. And I didn't disagree with the person. I told him, you're right. But what has happened to godly fear? Why is it that we fear more what the CDC says than what the Word of God says? Why is it that we fear what science can do to us than what the Word of God says? The Bible says, fear no mortal that could destroy your physical body, but fear he who could destroy both body and soul. Why is it that we could fear this invisible disease and yet not have godly fear to a God we can't see? Because there are many people that say, well, I fear because I could see it. Can you? Can you really see it? You can see the outcomes of it. You can see the repercussions of it. But you can't see it. They call it the invisible enemy. So if we could fear that, why can't we have godly fear? Now, there's a difference between fear and godly fear, people. Godly fear is that awe respect and honor that God is worthy and deserves and I wrote this in my notes if we the church do not have godly fear then who will then who will if we the church don't have godly fear then then who will when you have godly fear wrong is wrong and right is right you don't, tr you, don't tr you don't exchange the wrong for good or the good for wrong. When you have godly fear, you're led by what the word of God says, not by the opinions of others. In the book of Numbers chapter 6, we find God speaking to Moses. And God is giving a list of things to Moses that the people who want to dedicate themselves to God and want to vow to God, to follow God, they were known as the Nazarites. Whether it be a woman or a man that wanted to follow God, there was a list of things that they needed to do. Mind you, I'm not here to give you a list of things because we're not a legalist church and nor do we believe in legalism but listen to what God says in his word we could learn a lot from what God says in his word in numbers chapter 6 verse uh, verses uh, 22 sorry let's go back to I didn't put it here but starting in verse 1 you could find that God gives them a list of of things that he is about to ask him to do. And then from that list, one of the first things he says is abstain yourselves from fermented drink and anything fermented. He also says do not shave your head for it is a symbol of your dedication. How many of you remember the book of uh, the, the story of Samson? Remember Samson, the main powerful dude that God used to defeat the Philistine? What was the symbol of his power? His hair. It was a symbol of his dedication to God. Nazarites didn't cut their hair. Now, mind you, I'm not telling you to grow your hair and don't cut your hair. That's not what I'm talking about. 
And it says, and he told them, do not be exposed to a dead body, for if you are, you will become unclean. And if anyone was to fail any of these, then a sacrifice was required so that they could restart the dedication to the Lord. Meaning everything you've worked to do so far, if you broke any of these, you need to go back and start from beginning. Why am I sharing this with you? Why am I sharing this with you? Well, because the blessing that you just sang is an outcome of this dedication. Nehemiah chapter 6, now you can put it on the screen, verses 22 to 26, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord keep, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We all want the blessing, but are we willing to be set apart? We all want the blessing, but are we willing to be set apart? Jesus, you know, we find in the word of God that God said, be holy for I am holy. He does not say, hey, try to be holy or if you want to be holy or let's negotiate about holiness. He says, be holy for I am holy. You know what the problem is? That godly fear is not a fear, but it's an acknowledgement, a reverence, and honor of God in everything. In our relationships, in our conversations, even in our midst of our circumstances, through our negotiations, we must have that godly fear. Where has godly fear gone? People don't fear God anymore. I'm not saying you got to be afraid of God. I'm saying you got to honor God, respect God, and recognize God in and through everything you do. In every aspect of your life, through every circumstance, we need to recognize God. That's why it's super important that we worship. That's why it's super important that we take a couple minutes, at least a day, and just say, Jesus... You are holy. My life is chaos, but you are holy. This world is going to hell, but you are holy. Just to give you an example, Christians don't want to worship anymore. Pastors are closing their churches and calling it not essential. Church, what have we become? Where has godly fear gone? Back then when I was younger and you would go to church, you had to act a certain way when you walked into church. People nowadays get to church late. They come with, uh, looking all crazy and stuff. You know, they don't even want to worship Jesus. Oh, my God, I want to raise my hands. Oh, I don't do that thing. I don't do those things. I don't do those things. Well, what do you do? Mind you. You can worship God however you want. You can come dress however you want. Just don't come showing your butt and stuff. But you can come out dress however you want to worship Jesus. But the question is, what is your attitude before God? What is your attitude before God? Every time in the word of God we see power, miracles, signs, wonders, open red seas, plagues come to the people that didn't know God, but the people that knew God, they were delivered. What was it? It was reverence and fear of God. Every time the people of Israel failed God and turned their backs on God, they were turned to the enemies. And what happened to them? Bad things happened to them. They received plagues. They received sicknesses. They received famine. They received a lot of horrible things. Why? Because God was telling them, return to me. Now, if COVID and the world we're living in is not a sign to you of that happening, then I don't know what else you need. The list of the things that the Nazarites did in Numbers was not just a guide for them. 
It was their lifestyle. It was their lifestyle. We as the church have lost this. And we've become what I call twisters of grace. Twisters of grace. Listen to this. We have become negotiators with sin. Well, I know this is sin. But God is so good. And he forgives me. So, you know, Jesus isn't coming tomorrow. So I could probably sin today and, you know, I could use that grace thing as a soap and just wash myself with it after I sin. We've become negotiators of sin. We've Worry is the new norm. You want to talk about a new norm? Worry is the new norm. You don't believe me? What is the thing right behind your mind right now? My job, my health, my children, my money. Worry is the new norm. You can't even come to church anymore and just forget about the world and just worship. Because worry is a new norm. The news and opinions, including your own opinion, has become first place and God's word is no longer valued. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a perfect example. And I'm going to be very careful with my words of choice right now. Or my choice of words. <laughs> words of choice, right? <laughs> the other day I posted on Instagram or Facebook. I don't remember which one. I said, prayer, I forgot it was. Something about prayer is the power that we have. We'd love to pray for you. Send me a comment. I think only four people like that picture. Only four people like that picture. Now, I put a picture about coronavirus or a dumb meme or someone's else's opinion or a news article. I get hundreds of likes. What does that show me? We don't care about God. We don't care about the power found. Mind you, the majority of people that follow me are Christian. Christians are finding themselves not caring anymore about the kingdom. 40% of people, 40% out of the 100 that used to go to church are only watching now church online. What happened to the 60? 60 don't care about church. And if we continue calling church non-essential, less people will care about church. Let me just carry on because I'm going to get into something I shouldn't. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10, it says, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 1 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, where do we find ourselves without it? Where do we find ourselves without it? Where do we find ourselves without the fear of the Lord, church? Oh, but my friend says this. Okay? But your friend ain't God. Oh, but, 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 but Dr. So-and-so says this. But that ain't God. I'm not saying you shouldn't respect their opinion or, or their scientific knowledge. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you have more fear for what men has to say than what, you, what the word of God has to say, you need to recheck yourself. You need to recheck yourself. 
And, and this is not a word to condemn. This is a word that I'm speaking to myself. I am a true believer that God wants to bless us. And he does. He does bless us. Today you are standing here because you are blessed. Today you're watching this because you are blessed. No matter if you're facing a million and one trials, you are blessed more than you could even imagine. But I'm also a firm believer that there are certain things that are locked up for those that have set themselves apart for God. Blessing or curse, you have the choice. One of the things I always pray over my children every night is that they would know Jesus. They're little, three and one. And even though they respond and react to certain circumstances, they need to have a knowledge of Jesus as their Lord and Savior as they grow up. I can't force them. Salvation is personal. It's not because you belong to a certain family. It's personal. But one of the things I always pray is, God, bless my children. Protect them. May your blessing be upon them, God. May you surround them with your angels. Deliver them from all harm and evil. And may they know you even at this young age. May they know you as their Lord and Savior. May they come into an encounter with you, God. Like Samuel did when he was in the temple. Left by his mom being taken care of by the prophet Eli. That when you called for him at night, he did not know how to distinguish your voice. But once he was instructed, he knew who you were and you spoke to him face to face. We find in Psalms 103 verse 17 to 18. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who what? Fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. God is calling us back, church. God is calling us back to a God-fearing heart. Not to a fearing heart. Because the Bible says, I did not give you a spirit of fear. But I gave you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. He didn't say, I'm giving you fear. He says, a God-fearing heart. A heart that recognizes God. That wants to please God. You're going to fail. Because we are sinners. But there's a difference with failing because you want to fail. And there's a difference of failing because you tried and you failed. And you're trying your best to honor God. God is calling us back to a heart. That is a God-fearing heart. We're living in difficult times, very difficult times. If this that we're living in today is not a signal from God calling us back to a heart that honors and fears Him, then I don't know what else will, honestly. I end with this thought. Sometimes I go to sleep with a very, very heavy heart. Very, very heavy. I try not to, I try to hold myself back from going on social media or anything late at night right before going to bed because there's never good news. Never. This person did this to this person and if this person says this, this one's fighting against this person. There's never something that says 5,000 people got saved. These people got healed. These people's lives were transformed. This marriage was broken and look, now they're restored. And if that news is there, many people don't care about it. Sad. 
I told my wife the other day, people love bad news. People love it. You don't believe me? Just turn on the news. There's not one piece of good news. Now, when I look at the Word of God, that's good news. I am a sinner, yet there's a loving Savior that loves me. That's good news. Your marriage could be going through a hardship right now, and there might be a lot of pain and heartache, but God is the God that restores relationships. You might be sick today and facing some challenges with your health, health, but the Word of God says that by His stripes you are healed. That's good news. Now, I want to end with this because I want you to think about it for a minute. I've been a Christian now for a couple years or a couple long years. I remember when I was younger, God's kingdom, godly stuff were my passion. They still are. But I would just go crazy over it. I remember we used to go to church Monday to Sunday. Listen, Monday to Sunday. Every day was something different. There was small groups. I used to be part of the mimes. There was mimes practice. There was youth group. There was Miracle Thursday. There was Saturday worship service. There was Sunday four services. You know, every day there was something. I still went to school. I still worked. And I went to church. And I still had a family relationship. Today, you tell someone, hey, Let's, let's pray for a couple minutes a day. Oh man, I don't have time. 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 Hey, um, uh, let's do this for, for the church. I don't know. My schedule's kind of busy. My schedule's kind of busy. My schedule's kind of busy. And I understand that. I'm, I'm the first one to, to respect people's time. I try my best to respect people's time. I'm not one of those pastors that begs, uh, that, that is constantly demanding people things I'm not. Probably I should become because, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I'm not one of those type of pastors. But one thing I've come to realize in my personal life, I'm speaking about me now, not about you. If you want to feel identified with this, that's up, that's up to you, but me. Why is it when I look back, I did all these things for the kingdom. I had all this love and joy when I did them. And today, sometimes it becomes a little tiresome burdensome and like I like uh, uh, oh real uh, I don't want to do that I don't want to wake up I don't want to go pray I don't want to read the Bible I don't, uh, uh, uh. because I've we've all lost godly fear godly fear Jesus is coming back and that's something to be excited about some people are scared about it but it's something to be excited about but the question is, are you waiting for him with expectation? Are you anticipating his return with joy, with gladness, a God-fearing heart? Or are you just dragging yourself day by day just until the day he comes for you? There was ten virgins, and I end with this. There was ten virgins Jesus spoke about. 
And the Bible says in this parable that Jesus was talking about, these ten virgins, they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. The bridegroom had not yet arrived, right? And back then, the virgin, the, the, the bride will wait for the bridegroom, and he, they didn't even know when the bridegroom will arrive. But the virgins are there waiting, and they have these, these lamps. The Bible says that they have these lamps, right, of light. Let's think about like a kerosene type of lamp, right? And they're waiting because it's late at night and they're, they're attentive. They're, their eyes are open and they're waiting. And then five of them had extra oil, but the other five said, you know what? We'll go later on and buy some. You know, we're going to tire. We're going to just close our eyes for a little bit. We're just going to relax. We're going to turn on Netflix and just see what's on there because, you know, we got to rest too. So, so they just put their lamps to the side while the other five just stayed attentive and they're they're waiting, anticipating. They're excited the bridegroom's coming back. And Jesus says that out of nowhere, the bridegroom comes. And the five that did not have oil in their lamps, did not have enough light, could not come. So they went crazy. Give me some of your oil. Give me some of your oil. And the other five said, no, I'm sorry. We've been waiting. We ain't going to give you none of our oil. And they, because they didn't have oil in their lamps, they could not enter the bridegroom's place. They could not enter with the bridegroom. So when they knocked on the door, the bridegroom said, Depart from me, for I don't know you. Church, we're living in those times. We're living in those times where we need to be ready, encouraged. We're going to face trials. We are. We're going to face a lot of hardships. We are. But we have this promise that Jesus said, have hope. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Would you stand with me to your feet as we close today's service? I want to pray for you. For you that are watching online as well. Probably you, this is the first time you're here or watching online. and You hear all this message and you're like, man, but, but my, my life with God is not right. I feel like I'm not following him. First thing I want to tell you is that you don't have to be right to follow God. You're never going to be right. That's the beautiful thing about God is that he gives us the opportunity now, just as we are. The question is, are you willing to recognize him? Are you willing to take that step of faith and say, Jesus, I need you. I don't want to continue living on my own without godly fear, fearing everything of the world, but not having godly fear in my heart. If that's you, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, that Jesus died and rose again and confess it with your mouth, you are saved. Simple as that. It's a relationship that God wants with us, not a religion. He doesn't demand things. He longs for a relationship. And through relationship, you'll see how he works in your life and transforms you to the better person that he created you to be. If that's you today, don't wait till tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But today we have this opportunity to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Let me tell you, when you give your heart to Jesus, not only are you making the best decision of your life, but you're opening the doors to his freedom. You're opening the doors to his joy, to his peace, to his love. Everything that we lack without God, he fulfills. Because every one of us has a guard a God-shaped hole in our hearts that only God could fill. So I encourage you, if that's you here or online, would you say this prayer with me? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me 
of all my sins. I recognize today that I need you. I ask you to come into my heart. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Help me from this day forth live for you, honor you, worship you. Place in me a God-fearing heart. Thank you for the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me pray for the rest of you guys. If you feel identified with this word, right there with your eyes closed, wherever you're at, if you're at home, you're with your family, if you want to grab hands with your family, wherever you're watching this, if you feel identified with this word, I want you to just, just lift up your hand to heaven. Not to me, just to God. I'm the first one to lift up my hand to recognize that I need more godly fear in my heart. Lord, I come before you with my brothers and sisters in Christ, God. We are sinners, God. We are in desperate need of you. We're living in hard times, very hard times, God. Sometimes we just want to throw the towel in, God, and give up. But we're reminded through your word, God, that you overcame this, Jesus. You have overcome the world so we could take heart. I pray, God, place in us a God-fearing heart that we would honor you, we would acknowledge you, we would worship you, Lord, in everything we do and through everything that we face, you would be one. Lord, you told the Nazarites, the people who wanted to be Nazarites, that they were called to be set apart. The Apostle Peter spoke to the church and he said, we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood set apart for the works of the Lord. God, help us regain today, starting right now, a God-fearing heart. That we would worship you in spirit and in truth, God. Forgive us for the times that we have denied or, or, or not acknowledged your presence or your word in our lives. And help us return to that heart of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At Ignite, we count it a blessing to engage each week with supporters just like you. If you were blessed by today's word, subscribe to our podcast and share it with someone you know. We believe in spreading the message of Jesus like a wildfire. Thank you for your support and be sure to check us out on any of our social media platforms at Church Ignite. Until next time, be blessed and remember the best is yet to come.